Create, innovate, collaborate. Australia is well positioned to be one of the global leaders in an explosive market known as agritech. Our regional and rural communities have been the backbone of Australia's economy for more than two centuries. And let's face it, with a growing global population that will eclipse 8.6 billion people by 2030, innovating agriculture is essential to our survival. What is Agritech and how can regional Australia develop an ecosystem which can lead the world in this exciting and emerging growth market? With me today is the founder of Agthentic to talk about this exciting topic and more, Sarah Nolet. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Sarah, it's great to have you on the show. Can you tell us what Agritech is and why Australia is so well positioned to lead the world in this emerging growth sector? Yeah, so ag tech or agri tech or agri food tech, depending on on what you call it, is really this uh, somewhat new sector that's emerged at kind of the intersection of technology, entrepreneurs, and, and new capital coming in all along the food and ag supply chain. So everything from inputs to innovation at the farm level to post farm gate all along the supply chain and all the way through to consumers and and how food is delivered and and consumed in in our homes and workplaces. So really innovation all along the supply chain and that includes digital technologies as well as, you know, science-based and and biological technologies as well. And I would say Australia is is really well positioned to lead the world because of our strength here in in agriculture and how innovative our our farmers are. And, you know, it's the secondly subsidized industry. So really the opportunity is to transition our strength in agriculture to a strength in in ag tech or in agri tech and, and to this new innovation economy. Now, you've had an interesting journey into agritech and, and how that led you to Australia. Can you tell us that story and, I guess in particular, how a computer scientist in the defence sector ended up in Australia as an emerging leader in this space? <laughs> sure, yeah. It's been a bit of a roundabout journey. So, um, yeah, I used to work in computer science in, in defence and in systems engineering and product management and it was actually a holiday that turned into a, a gap year um, in South America um, after I'd been working for a few years. And Americans don't take uh, gap years, and so my you know parents thought I was going to be a hippie and never come home. Um, but I, I did come home. But before I did, I spent a lot of time on farms uh, all over South America, so mostly Argentina, but in a few other countries as well. And really, it was that time that helped me to understand what what ag was like and and really how I could be part of it and really that it was a sector that I could have an impact in. So I loved what I was doing from a technical perspective in the defense industry. But when I found ag and realized a lot of the same technologies and same principles could be applied to ag, I was really excited about that and, and really knew that I could spend a, a career in that industry and, and really cared about it. Um, we have a, a family farm. And so I'd had a bit of background there um, and had always been an athlete and so cared about healthy food and, and the environment. But it wasn't until I you know, was pulling weeds and organic tomatoes in South America that I connected the dots to technology and innovation and, and capital that was emerging in, in agri-tech. Uh, and, and saw that really as a path and, and career forward. Um, so I went back to the U.S. And, and spent a bit of time on our family farm and then a bit of time at MIT in Boston studying uh, systems engineering with a focus really on on ag tech and our global food system. And 
um, did a bit of consulting and a bit of research in the developing world and, and out in Iowa and kind of everywhere in between and, and really came to this uh, passion and, and intersection of technology, entrepreneurship, and agriculture. Um, and and how did I get to Australia? Well, we, I wish I could say that we moved here because I saw that opportunity emerging so strongly in Australia. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't until we got here, we moved for my partner's job. Um, he works in tech and and they moved him here. And it wasn't until we did that and I actually had boots on the ground here in Australia until I did see that huge opportunity and um, have been able to help connect some of those dots between tech and, and entrepreneurship and agriculture here in Australia. How big is this sector? How broad is it? Is it something that's quite narrow? Does it depend on country to country? Can you give us a very quick snapshot of, of how broad this sector actually is? And in particular, where you see Australia poised to really have the greatest amount of strength in this sector? Yeah, it's, I would say it's quite broad for sure, Brad. And it's, um, you know, like I said, kind of all from inputs all the way through to the consumer and across all industries. It's not a livestock thing or a horticulture thing by any means. It's really happening uh, all over the world and, and all across industries. I think Australia, you know, we really get to decide here what where we want to have strengths. Um, the, the defense angle is interesting because there is a quite strong defense technology sector here in Australia that that's a big advantage and some of those technologies can convert into agriculture. There's a lot of funding um, and, and innovation research and work in the livestock area. And I think the sheep industry in particular, you know, Australia has a global competitive advantage in terms of sheep production um, and then, you know, history and, and heritage there. I think there's really interesting work to be done around climate science, around water usage and management, around indoor farming. So I, I really think that it's it's limitless and only limited by by kind of ambition and um, yeah, energy and effort. So that's why I think it's it's really exciting uh, for Australia in particular, given the strengths in in agriculture and and in um, various areas of technology. And what are the challenges that you see in terms of taking what is an emerging ecosystem into a fully blown industry here within Australia? Yeah. Well, I think one one challenge is kind of figuring out the identity, I guess. There's a lot of talk of, oh, we can be the next Silicon Valley of X, or we can be the, you know, the Silicon Valley of ag tech, or we can be the next Israel of startups. And um, in some ways, I think that, yes, there are huge things to be learned from those industries and those uh, sectors and the ecosystems there. But actually, I think Australia, the cool part is figuring out what we are here and what is uniquely competitive about Australia. And that's the the cornerstone to build an ecosystem around. And I think we're really just at that intersection of we have enough momentum, enough infrastructure and enough excitement around agri-tech. And so now, you know, what does Australia look like as a global player? That's the the really exciting next step. Are you starting to see any particular agri-tech sectors emerging within Australia? I would say that um, it's not so much that it's grassroots. I would say it's pretty well established. I mean, there are seven at least accelerator programs here. There's a good amount of capital now starting to come in from from traditional venture capitalists and from others. There's industry support. There's awareness at a government level. So I would say we're definitely beyond the grassroots level um, here in Australia. But I don't think that there's emerged a, necessarily a particular sector yet. There's still innovation happening really all along the supply chain, uh, which is great to see. And I think Australia can continue to, to be broad in terms of focus areas. There's been probably some early 
wins in terms of water management, for example, um, some early kind of IoT and tech companies in that space um, in the ag tech sector and, and coming out of real necessity in Australia to, to manage water. Um, but I would say overall, there's uh, innovation all along that supply chain here, here in Australia. You mentioned the parallels of the application of technology in the defence sector and agritech sector. These are both sectors that you're very familiar with. Can you go into a bit more detail into what specifically those parallels are? Yeah, I mean, I think one general one is is kind of bigger, complex industries that are a bit hard to break in for someone who's not familiar. So innovation is is not quite as easy as, say, in a just kind of business to consumer, you know, building an app for mass use. So understanding the users um, is, is a challenge. And I know I spent a lot of time when I worked in defense out at military installations talking to analysts and others to figure out, right, what does your day look like? What tools do you need? What tools are you using? Which ones of are good and bad and what features and and that customer discovery process really needs to be applied to agriculture because especially a lot of the technology developers and entrepreneurs don't always know agriculture didn't grow up on a farm many of them did and that's fantastic but if you didn't how do you really spend time developing that deep domain expertise uh, and it's not always easy to do so that's one parallel Another is just the technologies. We're starting to see a lot of technologies that were initially developed for defense, whether that's drones or radar or um, even you know the internet way back when, but coming into agriculture now and, and being applied in ag, um, even though they weren't originally developed for that sector. So ag is kind of getting the benefits of development uh, and investment in technology in other sectors like defense. That's really interesting. You did mention that your first point there, which is a parallel of breaking into an industry, which I guess to a large extent is somewhat closed. I mean, having grown up in a in a regional area myself, I, I understand the dynamics of regional communities and particularly farmers in those communities. Have you found that the farmers in those regional areas are starting to open up and allow technologists from the city to come in and start working with them and start collaborating with them? Or is there still a lot of work to do in that area? Yeah, I would say both. Um, they are, it is opening up and it is becoming easier, but there's still a lot more work to be done. I think that uh, it's not that farmers are or ever have been resistant to conversations with with outsiders. That's definitely not true, or at least has definitely not been my experience. It's more, how do you have those conversations in a really productive way? How do you feel like it's give and take? Um, and how do you end up making sure that farmers who give time and, and effort are rewarded, whether that's with a new friend or whether it's with upside in the company or anything in between, you know, it's, it's, we're all humans and we, and we want to find meaningful ways to interact and to learn about, um, other perspectives. So I've personally offered to come stay on a lot of farms and, and lift whatever I can lift or move whatever I can move or do books or like whatever I can help with. And that's a great way. And, and I've had lots of really generous farmers around the world, open up their homes to, to me to come learn and, and help out however I can. Um, but I've also, you know, been part of more kind of scalable initiatives that bring together farmers for workshops. And, and it's great for startups to come along and just listen and learn and sit in the back and kind of start to meet people and, and build those relationships. So there's lots of different pathways. And I think the role of an ecosystem like we're building in Australia to support this innovation is, is creating those pathways, is helping farmers connect with startups, helping farmers become entrepreneurs, helping engineers understand problems on farms. That's really the role, I think, of, of the ecosystem that we're trying to build to, to make those connections easier. 
I just want to get your opinion on something. There is a conversation that is going on right now, particularly around establishing a test bed for agritech in Australia. And what I mean by that is having, a, I guess, a cluster of farms and farmers and industry in particular, you know, geographic regions across Australia and opening that up for international startups to come in and work with those farmers to continue to develop those ideas as, you know, as a way of, of building more and more of that ecosystem here, not at the expense of, but, but at the inclusion of Australian entrepreneurs as well. Do you see that as an essential part of developing the ecosystem or is it something that you believe Australia could do on its own and not have to invite those international startups in uh, to help build that ecosystem with? Yeah, look, I think that it's it's really important actually to have them come and, and um, not for anything, they're going to come anyways. So we might as well be part of it and help them to do it in a really productive way for Australian agriculture and, uh, and you know, invite them to come and, and make it really beneficial. So startups are, are looking for, you know, trials in the Southern Hemisphere. If they're in the Northern Hemisphere, they're looking to take advantage of, of working with uh, and, and learning from Australian farmers who are facing tough conditions and, and therefore really innovative and discerning. So they're going to come here anyways. And so if we can create pathways where we capture value for Australian agriculture, that's a fantastic thing to do. I think that with those models, and I've looked at a lot of them around the world, the devil's in the details. Like how, how do you actually do that in a way that the farmers do get benefit and the startups do find it productive and it isn't, um, you know, at the exclusion of an innovation ecosystem here. So I think the devil's in the details, but the startups are going to come here anyways. And, and I think that's a really great thing. Um, and it also puts the pressure on the startups that are here to, to do better and be better and, and be globally competitive, which I think is a fantastic thing as well. Have you personally looked into any models that you think could translate from overseas to Australia? Um, I would say there's no silver bullet yet. Like ag innovation or agri-tech around the world is still pretty new, especially in terms of the kind of startup pathways. And so it's it's no silver bullet, I would say, or, or no one model that everyone can point to as, as best practice. Um, I know in, in California, there's a couple that are trying to really involve growers. In Tennessee, there's a few. In St. Louis, so a lot of the accelerators, and, and we map that space globally and, and have good connections with a lot of them, are trying to differentiate from just traditional tech accelerators by having those grower connections. Um, and, and Australia is doing that too. Like I know the, the Sparks Lab, Spark Labs Cultivate program here has really good connections through DPI with researchers and, and uh, trial farms, but also through the Nuffield program with, with their scholars and tapping into the ag community that way. So I would say there's no one kind of playbook for getting that connection to farmers, but a lot of people around the world are, are trying it. And I think that's a great thing. You founded Agthentic. What was the idea behind that and how did that idea germinate? Yeah, so I um I saw I started to see as I dug into ag tech this kind of gap between the technologies that were being developed and the users and, and beneficiaries in the industry and a lot of kind of tech push and you know in 20 uh, 13, 14, maybe drones were a great example example of that, um, that it was kind of everyone wants a drone and then, oh wait, maybe they don't, or they don't want it to take pictures or just see images. They, you know, want it for fun. And, and that's kind of a classic use case of maybe technology push before a, a really sound business model was found. And so that to me seems like 
um, a, a shame and I didn't want to see too much technology being pushed. I really wanted more connectivity between agriculture and ag tech. And that's not just farmers as users, it's farmers as entrepreneurs and investors and advisors, and it's corporate agribusinesses being involved to shape development. And um, it's, you know, much more kind of inclusive innovation across that sector to get experts in the industry involved in the technology side of things. Um, and I think all of that helps us as agriculture to, to meet global demands. It helps us to um, rejuvenate regional communities, to meet environmental impacts. And, and so I think there's huge benefits to bringing in technology in a really inclusive industry-driven way. And so that was the the gap I saw was between tech and, and ag tech um, or sorry, between tech and agriculture, and uh, how do we bridge that gap? And so that was really the initial uh, hypothesis with Agthentic is how do we bring more of those um, best practices from technology and and help create more of this connectivity between agriculture and, and technology. So how do you go to market with that? Are you working with farmers and producers in consulting style projects? Are you an incubator? How how are you bringing that to market with Agthentic? Yeah, so we, I would say we do two things at a, at a high level. Um, one is kind of industry development or, or strategy consulting, where we work with some of the larger players. So whether that's government or corporates or investors or agribusinesses around how do they get involved in the technology space and how do they help build this ecosystem and, and be involved in it, both strategically for them as well as for industry good. And so that looks sometimes like consulting projects and sometimes like quite executional operational projects, whether that's helping to grow or um, acquire, divest or work with a new or emerging digital asset, whether that's helping to invest in startups, whether that's looking around the global landscape to see what they you know should be doing, um, or whether that's actually running programs. So we've run workshops for growers about technology to kind of engage with stakeholders. We've helped um, to kind of build coalitions of the willing uh, across stakeholders around ag tech. We've, we run an accelerator program, uh, for lack of a better term, an innovation program for farmers. So helping um, producers who have an idea and have been building solutions on their farm to grow and scale those. Um, so those are a few examples on the industry development and, and strategy side. And then we also, on the other side, uh, work in a growth advisory capacity with startups directly. So we do things like run investment readiness workshops, as well as help startups raise capital, as well as help them kind of go to market. Um, So really quite a hands-on operational, executional support system for startups. Um, And we do that in a a pretty high touch. Um, So not really a consulting project, but much more of an on-your-team over a long period of time um, for just a few startups. So just a small kind of portfolio of startups that we work with in in that way. Are you able to share with us one or two projects you've been involved in? Yeah. So um, that accelerator I mentioned, um, accelerators probably the best term, but not the right term, um, is uh, called the Producer Innovation Fast Track Program, where we we run the new venture stream and we support uh, farmers in the red meat industry who have an idea for a new ag tech uh, venture. And so we take them all the way from, I have an idea, through to does anyone else want this idea? Like, is there validation among customers and, and who is my customer? 
through to, is it a business? So what is the size of the market and uh, how would I go to market and how would I build a team around me? And what is it like to be an entrepreneur? You know, do I want to grow this business or do I want to partner with tech companies or other entrepreneurs and be more of that industry advisor? So all the way through that kind of life cycle of a, of a startup um, with farmers directly. And, and that's a fantastic project because the, Farmers know the industry. They really know the problems and the pain points. So you're not really in this um, situation of technology push because you're starting from day dot with a, a real industry problem. So that's been a fantastic program um, to be involved with and, and is a good example of that exact kind of intersection between technology and agriculture that, that we like to be at. That's fantastic. And, and you also work with industry as well. I believe you're doing some work with Jobs for New South Wales. Are you able to tell us a little bit more about your industry involvement and what Authentic is doing at, at I guess, a government and industry level? Yeah, sure. So we've done work with federal government and, and state government in a few different ways. Um, but the Jobs for New South Wales project is is a great one. They had identified uh, a few different clusters, uh, innovation clusters, one of which was an ag tech cluster in Armadale. And so we helped them to kind of get that cluster. It, it already existed and, and has existed for many years, but formalize it and, and really figure out how to get the kind of momentum and, and coalition of the willing in place to, to keep it going. So we did a bunch of stakeholder engagement with both early stage uh, startups as well as later stage businesses and and some of the you know local council and universities there. Uh, and so really brought all of them together to see what do they all want, where's the common ground and and what could such a cluster be and how do we find those projects in both strategic long-term projects as well as low-hanging fruit that would be meaningful to that community and would also attract others to that community uh, to leverage the strengths that they do have in, in the universities, in the existing businesses, um, you know, the smart farm, the smart region incubator, there's a bunch of assets um, in that area. And so got that, that got that group together, helped identify their needs um, and helped to find some low-hanging fruit that they could start with. Um, and so we did yeah, a series of stakeholder engagements and workshops and now they're really often and running and have regular social events have been attracting the likes of international entrepreneurs as well as ones from around Australia um, and have been growing into a much more formal structure with um, you know a board and and some governance um, as well as the champion through jobs for New South Wales so that was a, a really exciting project and of course I loved going to Armadale because it's a great area so it was a fun one for me as well. Yeah, and and look for any uh, anyone who's looking at getting into agritech, Armadale is booming right now in that space. One of the things I wanted to talk with you about, Sarah, is clearly if you're a regional community and there's many of them within Australia who aren't part of those big regional centres like Armadale, like Orange, like Wagga Wagga, et cetera, but are, are surrounding them and they want to start thinking about, okay, how do we get into this sector? How do we take advantage of Australia? this Australia, emerging market in Australia, they're going to have to build some kind of pipeline or ideas pipeline or entrepreneurs that are interested within their region. In your experience, what's the best way to get that kind of momentum and, and that kind of germination of the ecosystem going within those smaller communities? Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not an expert in this, but I tend to think that a, there are really good digital ways to connect with other communities that already exist. And so whether that's 
podcasts or webinars or, um, you know, online forums and, and blogs and newsletters, that's a great way to start hearing about what's going on. But I tend to think that a, a good old fashioned meetup or event makes a lot of sense. That's what we did here in Sydney. And I know obviously Sydney is, is a different case, but just making a simple group on meetup and saying, Hey, we want to get together and, and talk about ag tech. Um, has brought together, you know, hundreds or, you know, nearly a thousand people um, at this point. And that's been happening in other regions in Australia. So there's an ag tech meetup in, in Biga and, and elsewhere in the region. And so I think a simple like, hey, we're all going to the bar for beer and pizza and to talk about ag tech is a pretty good way to start to see who might be interested in this sector. And then from there, you know, I think the next step is not trying to reinvent the wheel. So you might not need an incubator, you might not need an accelerator, you might not need anything, or you might need those things. But what is, you know, what are your stakeholders? What does your community need? And what already exists that you could use versus what do you actually need to, to build yourself? Um, and, and each community has different competitive strengths and have different ambitions and, and projects that they want to take on. Um, and so that's once you get everyone together, you can start to see what that can look like. I do keep hearing Australian entrepreneurs constantly talking about getting out of Australia and to the U.S., You've gone the other way. You've gone from the US to here. Um, we see here in Australia the US being this nirvana. Having been an entrepreneur in both countries, can you take us through your view on what you see the pros and cons are with this thinking of Australians needing to get to the US and, and whether it is everything it's actually cracked up to be or whether there's better alternatives for entrepreneurs? Yeah. Well, let me tell you the traffic right now in Silicon Valley is awful. I can second that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I, I think that um, the U.S. And, and Silicon Valley in particular is world renowned for, for capital and, and, you know, for talent, but that doesn't mean you have to go there. And it definitely doesn't mean you have to go there from the get-go. So agriculture, fortunately, is one of Australia's industries that is big enough to support venture capital type investments here. And, and we're already seeing that with companies who've raised venture here. So I think that's really exciting and, and means you can get a long way down the road in Australia before expanding globally. And then I think when you do expand globally, Silicon Valley might not be the best place. It might be, but you might, especially in ag, be looking somewhere in the Midwest or, um, you know, to even to other countries uh, before you're thinking about Silicon Valley. So it really depends what you're looking for and, and what you need and, and when you need it. And I would say there's entrepreneurs who've, who've followed this path and talking to them about what they've learned and what they've experienced, um, how much money they needed to raise, when was the right time, should they join an accelerator, did they get on a pilot customer? There's a there's starting to be, you know, more experience and, and more of a playbook for what that can look like. So I would say definitely take advantage of, of those that have gone the path before you. But Australia too has some huge advantages, like I said, some big markets um, or big market in agriculture in general um, to, to start with. And especially if you're looking at livestock, you know, a great place to, to be innovating. Um, I would say some differences or, or pros and cons, you know, it, the, the kind of tall poppy syndrome or, or failure culture gets brought up a lot. Um, I think that the entrepreneurial community is, is really getting, um, you know, more proactive about that. You can't be an entrepreneur and not fail and not talk about failure. So that's starting to change. Um, but it is still a bit there. I, 
I, the other morning I was at breakfast and, um, with a bunch of Australian friends and they asked if I knew, um, if in the U S we use the expression try hard and I didn't know what that was and hadn't heard that. And, um, apparently it's someone who's trying really hard and it's a bit of an insult maybe in, in school, um, which I think is just absurd. Like you should reward people for trying hard. Trying hard is a good thing. We all want to try hard and you can't get anywhere in life unless you try hard. So not saying every Australian thinks that or, or that, you know, it's, it's, anything other than an anecdote. Um, but you do get a bit of that here that you wouldn't get in the U S there's lots of cons to the hubris that you have in, in the U S and, um, I think there's, you know, pros and cons to both sides, but that's a story I would tell to say that the culture around some of this stuff is a bit different. And, and I have felt that here in Australia. There is something I picked up on in the first part of your response to that question, and that was around Australian agritech sector being big enough to attract venture capital and having a good venture backing here. Can you give us some examples of deals you've known that can provide some validation around that? Sure. Um, you weren't going to let me get away with just claiming that and then, uh, <laughs> then moving chance. on. <laughs> Not a chance. Um, Yeah, so um, companies like AgriWeb, The Yield, AgriDigital, Florisat, GoTerra, um, Primex Connect, AgWorld, there's there's quite a few now startups that are ag tech startups in Australia that have all raised capital. Um, and some of them from quite traditional venture capitalists here or, or non-ag venture capitalists as, as there aren't any ag VCs in Australia. So I think that's really, really exciting. And um, that list is, is rapidly growing. Fantastic. So for ag tech startups, is the US the better place to be or, or are there are better places for ag tech startups to be focusing on if they are looking at going international? It totally depends, right? Like if you're um, in the grains industry, you might look at the US, but you might look at Canada or you might look at the Ukraine. If you're in the livestock industry, if you're doing sheep, you might go to South Africa, right? So it's really um, dependent on your strategy, on your market dynamics. There's ag companies that are more on the um, kind of to consumer side and So they're doing work exporting to Asia or supporting farmers and selling to Asia or building that supply chain. Um, So it would make sense for them to go to the U.S. So I would say it's it's really a case-by-case basis and much more about each company's growth strategy and objectives and and market. Where do you see us as an industry now within Australia? And I guess more importantly, what do you think we need to do in the next 12 months, 18 months, 24 months? to really take advantage of this. This is an emerging sector. There's a lot of opportunity and Australia has been known to lag behind in terms of taking advantage of global opportunities in the past. How can we ensure that we really grab this with both hands and move it forward? Yes, but I think one is uh, attracting more people. Like I, I think often we talk about agriculture and ag tech kind of inside the ag tech bubble. Um, and there's a real opportunity to get outside that bubble and, and attract more people to agriculture. It's a huge sector for impact. And, you know, we all eat hopefully three times a day. So we care about at least at some sense where, you know, what, what we're eating and where food comes from and that it's safe and, and tasty. Um, so I think there's a real opportunity to attract more talent, especially more tech talent 
um, to the sector. I think that's one. I think you another. Mean, sorry, sorry, Sarah. Do you mean both internationally as well as domestically? Oh, even within Australia, like to make agriculture and agri tech the the sexiest sector to be innovating in, so that all entrepreneurs want to be ag tech entrepreneurs. Um, you know, that kind of attitude is really how we build an ecosystem here. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, the second one I would say is is around collaboration. Um, is around how do we not reinvent the wheel with um, you know, another champion of ag tech or Silicon Valley of ag tech in this state fighting with this other state or fighting with this other region. Um, I think a bit more awareness of what others are doing and where the white space is instead of kind of reinventing the wheel. And, and that's already starting to happen with um, just more awareness of what's going on as well as some good competition, you know, creating winners and losers. So I think that will in some ways play out naturally, but is also, you know, that kind of collaboration piece is important to pay attention to. Um, and then I think the third one is is more involvement of the agriculture sector and really honing in on what is unique and what can we be uniquely competitive in in Australia? So not trying to be the Silicon Valley of ag tech, but being the Australia of ag tech and thinking about what does that mean? How do we involve producers? How do we involve agribusinesses? How do we help ag corporates innovate and get involved in technology in different ways? I think those are things that Australia can uniquely champion and, and become a world leader in. And, and really the opportunity is, is ours here for the taking in the next 12 months. I believe that's so important, that last point you mentioned, which is Australia being Australian about agritech, right, and not trying to copy <laughs> anyone else. That's right. Have you had any thoughts about what that looks like? Do you, do you have a, a picture that comes to mind for you when when you say that? Yeah, one one that I'm pretty passionate about about is is producer-led innovation or industry-led innovation where it's not necessarily tech coming from the outside to farmers or producers as users, but from farmers and, and producers and industry as innovators. So there's lots of uh, producers that have had ideas and have hacked things together on farm or really see problems. And so how do we enable them to champion innovation and to bring those to market or be part of those solutions um, in a number of different ways, whether as entrepreneurs or advisors or um, investors, whatever it may be. So I think that real industry and producer-led innovation um, is something that Australia can uniquely champion. How can we ensure that our ag tech industry and our ag tech startup ecosystem doesn't get too fragmented, doesn't become this series of chefdoms that are all trying to protect their piece of the pie, but is truly connected. What are three things or two things or even one thing that we could do uh, to ensure that doesn't happen? Yeah, I think that um, <laughs> no more conferences. Um, no. That <laughs> um, <laughs> big conference out, are you? <laughs> Everyone wants to have their own conference with their own pitch competition with their own this. And um, there are plenty of those. Um, so maybe get on board and sponsor another one or see if you can partner on it. I think maybe that's that's one. I think it, it comes back to looking for the white space, right? Where is something that is truly needed? And before starting it, because you think it would be cool, figuring out who else is doing something similar, what else exists in the space, and how can you work with them before starting another one of them in, in a different state or in a different region. Um, so I think that's probably one. I think another is, um, oh, I don't know, what can we do? I, I think that <laughs> as a consultant, we get asked quite frequently to do landscape assessments, you know, what's out there and who's doing what. Um, and we've thought a couple times about building a more public resource of here's all the things that exist and have people kind of 
add and share their own, whether it's accelerators and, and incubators and innovation programs and startups, we map the the food tech and ag tech startups, at least in Australia on our website and the accelerators and incubators globally on our website. Um, but some kind of, yeah, what, who, what does the landscape look like and who are the players nationally in Australia that's dynamically updated would help um, stop everyone from paying different consultants to do landscape assessments and have just a common up-to-date sense of, of who's who and what's what. And, you know, maybe that means we need an industry body for ag tech. I, I don't know. Um, but I do think more awareness of what others are doing in a really easy way um, will help everyone. It helps people outside ag tech to know what's going on and, and people inside ag tech to see where there's white space. If I was a farmer or a technologist and I'm listening to this podcast and I thought, hey, this, this sounds really interesting. I never even knew this existed. How can they get involved within this exciting growth sector? Yeah, look, there's lots of ways to to get involved depending on kind of who you are and where you come from. I would say for any of the producers, you know, many of the industry bodies, the RDCs now are are supporting or working with startups or thinking about innovation or want to hear from their growers whether they care about innovation and technology. So that kind of raising this to the RDCs, I think, is an important step to say, you know, we we want you doing something in this space, or at least we want to know what's going on in this space and can you support that kind of information sharing. I think for startups and and entrepreneurs, whether that's producer-led or otherwise, checking out the different accelerators and incubators, a lot of them, I know Spradex in particular and others have pre-accelerator programs where they're free to participate and you can kind of start to go on that journey of of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and, and get a bit of that training. Um, and then, you know, really just staying up to date and, and come to an event and come check out a pitch competition or check out a podcast on ag tech and, and see what, what's going on and, and start talking to people. It, it really is a small and, and inclusive community in Australia in terms of, of ag tech. And I think that's a real advantage. And so come along and, and start chatting to people about what you're interested in. And, you know, I'm always happy to help. So feel free to reach out to, to us as well. And, and hopefully we can point you in the right direction. Fantastic. How can people get in touch with you, Sarah, if, if they do want to reach out to you and, and connect and, and ask any questions? Yeah, so I, um, I'm Sarah at eggthentic.com, so S-A-R-A-H, and then I'm S-V Knowles on Twitter, S-V-N-O-L-E-S. Great. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, it's been great having you on the show. And I encourage anyone who's listening who is in a regional or rural area or involved in the primary industry sector here in Australia to really think about this as an emerging sector and and jump on board. It's been great having you, Sarah, and thanks for your time. Thank you, Brad. It's been fun.